coming to you live from Johannesburg. To everyone's surprise, the alien ship didn't come to a stop over Manhattan or Washington or Chicago. It instead coasted to a halt over the 10-point podcasts. I am here at TPP head office, Department of Alien Affairs. My name is Bruce, and what I try to do is engage with the prom on behalf of TPP and of humans. And here are two of them now. First, he would never have any kind of pornographic activity with any fucking creature. It's Andy. I knew you'd say oh, that. Next things up this week. <laughs> yes, because let's not fuck with this guy. He seems a little sharper, you know. It's Christopher Johnson. Heyo. <laughs> the, the, the man who made his name famous in this film. <laughs> We'll yeah. get on to that in a bit, I am sure. We are the Tempo Podcast. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, and you can watch us on YouTube, except I don't think there's any video this week. But either way, you can listen to us on YouTube uh, and anywhere that you get podcast-wise. You can always find us. You can also always find us on Facebook and on Twitter as well. Tempo Podcasts, all letters, no numbers there, just TPP, Tempo Podcast. Uh, and get in touch. We want to hear from you with your recommendations, reviews, requests. Otherwise, Good recommendations. <laughs> Good recommendations. People seem to like to recommend bad films for us. To do yeah, that. what's up for that? We've had enough of bad films. I think it's a case of... The, we, late, uh, the latest one is Twilight. Just been recommending Twilight. Oh, Twilight. So I've got another recommendation yeah. I need to add to the pot. Now, it's very similar, I think, uh, which we'll put in. But uh, yeah, people want to not have to watch films and get us to watch them instead. Uh, but anyway, let us know. We want to hear. And yeah, don't be shy to put in something good in there. Uh, anyway, 10pointpodcast.com for everything that you want 10-point podcast wise. It's been a week. Andy, you are our serial cinema goer. What have you seen in the last week? Well, I went and watched Jungle Cruise, which is basically just The Mummy, but with The Rock in it. Except The Rock is in the second one as well, so it kind of defeats the point of that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's just one of them random films. I still don't like Emily Blunt. I don't know why you guys love her so much. <laughs> Fucking knew that was coming. You're an absolute animal. <laughs> she's just she's literally blunt by name and blunt by nature, but still. Uh, but yeah, watched that, and then I watched uh, Suicide Squad, which, again, quite enjoyed. Way better than the first one, but... Nothing spectacular. Banging soundtrack. Why they just called it Suicide Squad when the first <laughs> one was called The Suicide Squad? It's like, it seems to be the opposite. Every other film seems to be going, yeah. we'll call it Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Like, make it really long. This one seems to be, ah, we'll take the the away. And people will definitely know it's a different film. <laughs> so is it like a sequel or a kind of half-reboot? No, reboot? it's a straight sequel. Right. right. Okay. So, so we had... Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad was five years ago, and this is now. Then Harley Quinn comes in between. Yeah. Mm. Is that a prequel to either of them, or does it come no, after? No, no, like it, is, it literally is chronological order. She is, right, okay. she's, she's done what she's done in uh, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey, okay. Oh, right. uh, I forgot she was in that. Yeah, which I, actually I will probably watch now since I won't be able to go to the cinema for a couple of days, but I'll probably try and watch that again. Uh, I, I did watch the first one in the last week, and yeah, it's... Uh, I, it happens with a lot of films that I rewatch. Is I, I like them when I see them, then I rewatch it, don't like it so much, then watch it again, and I quite like it. So this must be the fourth time I've watched it where I'm kind of like, eh, it's a bit naff. It doesn't uh, like I, you exactly, I think it does, yeah. And Andy and I have discussed several times in the past uh, how rubbish Enchantress is in Suicide Squad and might be the reason it is so bad, yep. I think, yeah. is the whole villain side Just of it. Just make the joke of the bad guy, it would have worked. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. Uh, but that's literally the only film I've watched this week. Uh, Chris, what have you seen in the last week? Uh, yeah, well, I was forced to watch the Dora Explorer movie forced. Uh, by the girls. Forced. I was. Yeah, forced. You were oh, watching that from Michael Peña. I didn't have to sit in the living room and watch it, but yeah, I sat and watched it. Uh, it's utter pish, apart from it's got our uh, TPP favourite Michael Peña in it. <laughs> He, so that was the only good, like, good thing. Did he tell a story in it? He does, actually. Did he, he didn't tell a little story? He does, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, I've, I've uh, not... you know what, I'm contemplating putting it on the list just so you can actually have it. <laughs> <laughs> the Michael Peña Award. <laughs> it's funny, my um, only experience of Dora the Explorer is I was in Cardiff once and uh, we had like a gap between like going for food and waiting for some people to finish what they were doing. And that was the only film on at the cinema. So I decided to go for a nap while uh, the other half went and watched it instead. And she absolutely loves it. Like, she absolutely loved right. that film. And then I kind of rewatched half of it here, and I, was, I got halfway through. I was like, nah, fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> 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 Unfortunately, I got further than halfway. <laughs> um, I also watched uh, Palm Springs. Um, I thought it was really good. I enjoyed that film. My it was uh, 2020, I think. Ah, it's not 2020. 2021, came out. I moved. <laughs> uh, like, it's just a different take on the Groundhog Day scenario. Uh, like I said, it's got Andy Sandberg and the mum from How I Met Your Mother. So it's quite good. It's all, well, um, I don't know, risque than other Groundhog things. So yeah, it's worth yeah, a watch, I think. It's like it's a spiritual successor. You had Groundhog Day, then you had Edge of Tomorrow, mentioning Emily Blunt again, and oh. then you've now got Palm Springs. The, they should all be the one See, universe. My, my, my favourite Groundhog Day type thing at the moment is uh, Happy Death Days. Those films oh, are amazing. Yeah. They're really good. I've never heard of that. I've not you seen them, but I'm very much aware of them. Basically, a person keeps dying, and every time they die, they come back, and they've got to try and stop their own murder. Fair enough. That, that's Watch one it. of a awkwardly titled sequels, not like Happy <laughs> Death Day to You or something. Is yeah. the sequel? I think I could be wrong. Uh, <laughs> it is a sequel, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, at least you know that's the second one. <laughs> two in the title. Uh, is that it? I think that's that's uh, it. Yeah, that's all I've watched. Uh, I'm not going to go too deep into mentioning the South Park stuff. Uh, <laughs> we, we discussed that previously. Uh, there's 14 new South Park movies coming, and we're all South Park fans, so uh, we're excited about that. Anyway. On a point number one on the podcast, what is the point and the reason for the podcast this week? The 2009 action sci-fi thriller District 9, brought to us by TriStar Pictures, which we have seen in the past on episodes such as Starship Troopers, Running Man, Look Who's Talking, and Idle Hands. One collection of films. Lock Hanson, <laughs> QED International, and Peter Jackson's production company, Wingnut Films, which I hadn't realised that it pretty much... He's pretty much just made Hobbit and Lord of the Rings things, this King Kong, and in one other film. But this one kind of stands out where it doesn't seem to actually have been involved that much in it. It seems to be. I think it's because it was filmed in New Zealand. Years ago, I called Brain Dead. when no, it's Frighteners. Like, it's yeah. it is fucking awful. Uh, yeah. Frighteners as well, that's banging. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think, as, as Andy mentioned, does, you know, there, I think. TriStar Pictures, uh, we've used them um, three times before, sorry, four times before and three of them were Andy's movies. So yeah, TriStar, hot pick. Big fan of what they knock out. Uh, District 9, written by Neil Blomkamp and his partner Terry Tatchell, uh, both in the sense of, uh, I believe they're married, either way they are spouses as it were, and also writing partners, so everything that uh, one of them works on, the other does too. Uh, the film, based on a short film called Alive in Joburg, uh, was this where District 9 came from. Uh, Peter Jackson uh, liked it. And I believe I read that Peter Jackson 
was sad for Neil Blomkamp that he did not get the job of making a Halo movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, that so was then, practically like a done deal until all yeah. fell through. And then said, right, here's some money, go make your first feature and make it be uh, a feature-length version of your, your short film. Uh, and then Neil Blomkamp's other big ones after this, Elysium and Chappie, which do feel like they are very similar tone style. I don't know if we're meant to think. They're, in some ways, they're in the same universe. I believe there are mm. trends. As I was looking up connections between the films, uh, there's references from District 9 in those two. Uh, but yeah, it's usually machines mechanical and all that sort of stuff involved. Uh, the film stars Charlotte Copley, who this was his first, near enough his first acting gig. His first ever acting gig was being in the short film. Uh, and he just he worked so well, they gave him the lead role in this film. Uh, and it made him an overnight sensation. He went on to be in The A-Team, Elysium, Old Boy, Maleficent, Chappie, and Hardcore Henry. Uh, a film My film. Much... <laughs> 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 it comes up regularly on the podcast, it does Hardcore Henry. Uh, and co-starring is Jason Cope. Uh, he was the second name on the credits. Uh, I, uh, to me, Charlotte Copley is the only famous person in it, and even then he's a famous face. I can't remember what his name is when I don't know it. Um, but Jason Cope played Christopher Johnson, but he also played <laughs> Gray Bradnam, who was the dude that was being like interviewed, the, the main mm-hmm. kind of youngish guy who got most regularly interviewed for the documentary. So he was both him and Christopher Johnson. Um, but he his famous roles outside District Nine. He was in Doomsday before this, which again strikes me as an Andy, an Andy Aye, favorite. He must have that's a good Doomsday. That's the one where the end of the world and it's something to do with Scotland. Am I right? It's in Scotland. Like it. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Scotland's the only world. safe haven. It's like Mad Max, but in <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then Jason Cope followed up District Nine with being in Dread, uh, the good one, not the Sylvester Stallone oh, one, and yeah. then <laughs> Uh, I thought I'd said that. Uh, and then Chappie as well. So the, the two main stars of this were both in Chappie uh, as well. Shockingly, this really struck me. This was 2009 this film was made, or made it as an eight, on a budget of $30 million, which to me is a large number. But in terms of movie production, especially this century, $30 million doesn't yeah. seem like a huge budget. And it certainly looks better than that. So it opened in the US to 37 million, so immediately made a profit. Final US gross 115 and a half. Final worldwide 211 million dollars. Massive return on investment, seven times what his budget was. The film seems to kind of set up District 10, and it and never District happens. District 10 has been <laughs> in production since 2009, and I'm like, this film made a ton of money. How have we not had District 10 yet? I read, well, I've seen it flash up on Facebook a couple of days ago that there's start to progress a bit further now, isn't it? It always starts. Every year it comes out. Right. I want to know what happens. Exactly. It it, it doesn't, I don't don't feel like it's unfinished. We'll get into this later. I want to do it. But it feels like it does. I'm like, oh, right. I want to know what happens after this. If there's one thing I know, when Christopher Johnson promised something, he never delivers. (laughs) Never delivers. (laughs) (laughs) I see. Uh, forwards. Uh, <laughs> in our new revamped awards section, which I tried to cut down, but I ended up, uh, Chris has picked an unfortunate film for me to try and cut down here. Uh, awards. Uh, District 9 did surprisingly well, but not wasn't successful. And you'll see what I mean in a minute. Nominated for four Oscars, which might be the highest Oscar nomination count we've had yet. I think Django might be up there, maybe Fargo, but four is still quite high. Uh, Best Picture, Editing, Visual Effects, and Adapted Screenplay, nominated for all them. Lost two to The Hurt Locker, one to Avatar, and one to Precious. Uh, Obviously, Visual Effects was Avatar, and Best Picture was the Hurt Locker one. Uh, 
District 9 nominated for one MTV Movie Award, nominated for Best Scared Us Shit Performance for Charlotte Copley, another <laughs> uh, man, Vickers. Lost to Amanda Seyfried in Jennifer's Body, uh, which is, <laughs> is, is an underrated, there's a new cult, there's a cult following Jennifer's Body. I went to see it with Andy in Sheffield, we went to see that film. I remember, is it? I remember yeah, watching it. <laughs> Jimmy and Graham uh, in the famous Ibis Hotel, which uh. we're going further down why it's famous. Uh, but yeah, uh, lost their one movie no- uh, MTV Movie Award nomination. Nominated for one Golden Globe, best screenplay again, uh, lost to Up in the Air. Uh, which I think is a Meryl Streep movie. She usually wins the award ceremonies. Uh, but the film was also nominated for seven BAFTAs, and it won none of them either. <laughs> so at the kind of the major award ceremonies, that is 17 awards, maybe one less than that, uh, 15 awards, uh, and it won none of them. So screenplay lost up in the air as well. Director lost to Catherine Bigger. Cinematography lost to the Hurt Locker. Editing lost to Hurt Locker. Sound lost to Hurt Locker. And in production design and visual effects, both lost to Avatar. So I think it was just struck with a bad year. I think these popular right. films came out here. It did win another thirty-one awards in its history. I did not double check how many of them are. It made a lot of money in Germany because it seemed to give out a lot of those awards uh, on IMDb when I checked this sort of stuff. But yeah, thirty-ish awards it won. On to the film itself. I have a synopsis here, written by Kenneth. He is a Ooh. newcomer. Uh, I do have his email address written next to it because I copy and pasted from where I found it, so <laughs> I could follow it on if anyone really likes his writing style here. A massive starship bearing a bedraggled alien population, nicknamed the Prawns, appears over Johannesburg, South Africa. Now, years later, the initial welcome by the human population has faded. The refugee camp where the aliens were located has deteriorated into a militarised ghetto called District 9, where they are confined and exploited in squalor. In 2010, the munitions corporation Multinational United is contracted to forcibly evict the population with operative Vickers van der Meerwe in charge. In this operation, Vickers is exposed to a strange alien chemical and must rely on the help of his only two new prawn friends. Chris picked this film. Uh, can you tell us why you picked it? Well, because we're doing like a theme, and I couldn't think of any other films with the the theme that I had, so I wanted to get this out of the way so I could start a second theme. <laughs> and this is the only film that I know has got a, a proper Christopher Johnson in it. It's a rare it's a rarity that something I watch film TV wise has somebody I know's full name in it. But As it's it, almost uh, mine's <laughs> John Stone. It's yeah, Johnson, but yeah. it's close enough. And like I said, I think it was last week when we were in the cinema and we were watching it, and he first <laughs> said Christopher Johnson. Everybody just looked at me, started <laughs> <laughs> laughing. So for the rest of that film, any time he was mentioned, I just got fucking beamed at by everybody. So uh, it's a banger. Uh, I, I believe you were there on this occasion. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's just so funny that he was a prawn. <laughs> the nickname, a prawn. He, never, he never stuck, though. I never actually call, kept calling you a prawn. It was like a week fad when we called <laughs> you the prawn. Started, to be honest. Uh, have you seen it since, Andy? Or is this like your first revisit since you saw it at the cinema? I think I've seen it like once randomly, but I don't, it wasn't like a proper sit-down watch. It was in the background. Right, mm. yeah. But yeah, I think this might only be my second ever viewing. There's bits of this that I have absolutely no recollection of whatsoever. So I think I may have only ever seen it the once before. Uh, we better get on with point number two, the high points. That's what we think the best bits of the film were. Uh, Chris, you picked. So why don't you try and lead off with something or other? 
Yeah, well, I'm going to start off with the, the mockumentary style opening, where they're sitting there discussing like how the prawns came, and then they're talking to Vickis, and it kind of sneaks in like what he did was terrible, and you're like, oh, what did he do? Ah, yeah. see, and then the way they're that, talking about it is if he's died. That's actually my low point, because I hated that bit. Like Both times really? I've watched this, I remember watching the cinema going, well, the cunt's dead. Like He's, <laughs> he's dead. It's like, spoiler alert. And then oh, okay. it does actually pay off, but it, it does annoy me. Like, you know something's up straight off. Oh, see, I'm yeah. the opposite. I've literally got my first sentence of my high point says, because his first morning in charge intercut with people talking retrospectively about what happened. Like, oh, considering what happened, and you're like, what happened? Oh, I don't know. He looks like he's a nice guy. And oh, everything seems fine. I like that kind of hook of, you know, something bad's about to happen. But also, at the same time, him being the nicest, friendliest guy to absolutely yeah. everybody uh, is a good kind of. I don't know, a good cut in the It was just good because, like, like you're saying, like, it's blended with the morning that like, he's going there, and then they keep saying, and then as he was getting his gear and all that, blah, 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 and then you're like, hey, what's happening? What's going on here? Yeah. And they just keep interchanging. Like, the only thing I, I would say is when he's on the run and it's happening as we're seeing it, they're still just telling you what the only place you could hide was with the prawns, and he could go and see his wife, blah, 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 whatever it was. So I don't yeah. know how they would know that. I, that's I the only do, thing I've... I do have that as a low point. I, I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe save that for a bit further. But the, the other thing on that morning is the other one, which I, again I couldn't remember very clearly, was his little his replacement guy, his little buddy guy, not being given a bulletproof vest. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, you're doomed, mate. You're done for. <laughs> and then that's like that doesn't pay off. That he's fine. But there's also that every time they go to another shack to find another prawn, you're like, oh, this is gonna be the one that shoots <laughs> this new guy every single time. So yeah, there's the, you know something bad is going to happen, but then they kind of misdirect you with the, that guy not having his bulletproof vest on. Yeah. Seemed like a bad oversight by the company, like to just over oh, one <laughs> short. Oh well. <laughs> not stay in the car. That would have been the nice thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andy, have you got a high point you want to hit? Uh, the shit brilliant uh, special effects. Right. Like, they're made to look shit, but they're blended in so well that it's good. Right. If you know what I mean. There was only one dodgy bit, and I think I've never seen it before because I watched it on 4K on the uh, Netflix. And it's the the robot thing that the yep. prawns have. It looked yeah, fucking god awful. But like everything. It just painted on. Yeah, but everything else. You wouldn't know that CGI. It was done so well. The yeah. prawns are amazing. Like, genius. I've got, a, like, a couple of, it's in a low point. Like, there's a couple of bad, like you used to say, a bad CGI moments. Like, but the, the look of the ship. And oh, that, that ship beats Independence prawns. Day ship. That That's an iconic scene. That's better than Independence Day's just beats a disc or whatever. Plate, upside yeah. down plate. Yeah, I think so as well. It looks it, like I, I've, I noted that the big spaceship and the one that takes off from under the ground. Yeah, they seem to really work hard on them, and they look really, really good. Um, but yeah, your your power loader thing was the uh, yeah was a bit of a thumbs down. But it's quite yeah. menacing as well that the ship is sitting there above them. You're like you're waiting for it to do something. Yeah, it was very Independence Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. What's my next high point? Um, well, I've got my next high point was. Uh, Vickers and his little replacement guy being friendly and being kind of going mm. around trying to evict people while being nice and just these really just happy friendly <laughs> chaps doing essentially doing really horrible things like they're taking yeah. like parents away from their children sometimes they're wrecking people they're calling in like choppers full of kill squads to come and kill people let's <laughs> do this friendly guys on the clipboards <laughs> walking around being nice it's uh, the first 
I don't know, the first hour of the film, maybe a little bit less, maybe the first 45 minutes when it's full on, you could you can imagine just a bit documentary team following them around uh, what yeah. they're doing and the guys been interviewed is is definitely my favorite section of the film like i much prefer the documentary bit to the it's a full-on action movie now you're not yeah. supposed to think there's cameras following them around um but yeah that first 40 minutes or so until you know the shit hits the fan uh, is a massive thumbs up for me it's a massive high point mm. uh, you've already mentioned my next one is the fact that it's not set in america Ah, like, you mentioned because oh, like they even they mentioned it themselves in the movie like yeah it didn't land over Manhattan New York blah 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 it's over Johannesburg and it takes you out of like that Hollywood comfort zone because comfort zone because you know all those bits like the back of your hand now ah, you've seen so many movies yeah I feel like uh, if this was made ten years later London would be in that list of places it wasn't because I feel like at yeah. this point every film was in London now and if the sequel is if first films in America the sequels in London always seems to be how it yep. goes yeah. But uh, yeah, like the slum is like a, apparently it's like an actual slum. Like they built, they used shacks that are obviously vacated and stuff. But that's like filmed like on, on, yeah. on scene, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like like in, in on location, I guess it would yeah, be so an yeah. actual slum, yeah. Okay, I can imagine if aliens did visit, this is exactly <laughs> what would happen to them. They would get dumped into a shack somewhere. <laughs> And fucking beating the shit out of all the time. And then people That's protesting. No wonder they haven't visited. We don't want to step too much on Andy's trigger warning, but yeah, people protesting they should be let in and they shouldn't <laughs> be let in and keep them out, send them back. It would just be all that. Or they would just attack us and we'd all be dead. That's, I feel like that's the two options we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andy, have you got a. a Here, Chris, I like my next high point. Christopher Johnson's son. He's amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's like the smartest yep, little bastard in the world as well. I've got uh, Vickers getting fucking raging about the kid, brackets. <laughs> so I've got Sam Johnson in brackets. Uh, hitting him with his sweetie. And he's getting so mad. Yeah, take so your sweetie. Like, I don't know. I like, uh, that was obviously after he got sprayed in the face. So that spray must yeah. have affected him. Because he was really calm. Sign yeah. here, thank you. He signed it. There's, he slapped it. That counts as a scroll. He signed it. And now we know where. Get here, you fucking little shit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking smashing them. A dozen F-bombs at this wee boy just for hitting the face. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my yeah, favourite so scenes in this entire like film that. is the wee sweetie bit <laughs> yeah yeah. it might be it might be my actual like I've always done <laughs> turn the film on and that's that's happening I'm like oh here we go I'm going to sit and watch this <laughs> yeah. I, it's not really like, it's more of a question but do all the prawns have human names is there a Bruce or an Andy lurking about there somewhere surely what was that there must millions be. of them so uh, there must be somewhere South America sorry South Africa there must be a Bruce or one or two down there I would say <laughs> But yeah, I feel like yeah, they must have just given them all names. Like surely, like they can understand what they're saying. So like full on, I can an average South African seems to understand alien language. Hmm. So sh- surely they could, unless they actually have the same na- names as us. Yeah. What? Oh, that that three clicks means yes, and four clicks means maybe. Like if they could translate that much, they could translate it into actual names. I would think rather than having. To- I don't know. Be like, oh yeah, Christopher, Christopher Johnson still works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it does give this an extra point. I think my alien name has been found out. I need to change the name. Here. <laughs> um, I don't have much in the way of high points, to be honest. My last high point is um, Vickers in the weapons testing uh, vault thing. I don't want to call it. Mm. Just, I think that's essentially that scene might have given Charlton Copley a career. Just the, his face as he's being made to do this horrible thing. Well, not wanting to do the horrible thing and just 
them wheeling out like here's a different gun and all of a sudden there's an actual living prawn for them to shoot yeah. uh it, the film kind of very much takes a turn at that point. It's, it's, I guess the previous five, ten minutes hasn't been great for old Ficus, but once yeah. he's like, okay, kill this person, <laughs> and it's his actual father-in-law that's on the other side of the, the screen telling him to do it. Uh, I think that's that, that might be the the Oscar the Oscar scene. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's that's my my final high point and probably the the best actual. Well, mine's got links into your, so I'll jump in. Uh, my last high point is the gore and explosions of bodies and stuff like that. It's epic. When somebody gets hit by a gun or something like that, it's just like, poof. <laughs> yeah, an alien gun equals just a disintegration, really, doesn't it? If they get shot. Which, yeah, leave a bit of cleaning after it, though. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's like, my next high point is, alien weapons are fucking awesome. Especially yeah. that lightning gun, but just like, zap. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, something deadly. It, it does feel like the, he must have kept, when he had his Halo film in mind, it's like, oh, I'm going to do some of these special space <laughs> weapons and all that. Yeah. It's like doing that. Uh, so I'm out. It sounds like Andy might be out of high I'm out. as well. So Chris, My last one. Um, it, it may sound a bit weird, but I like the fact that it's not a happy ending. Mm. Like you're left feeling sad and sorry for Vickers for the you're situation left for a sequel. he's left in. Well, if it ever happens, because <laughs> I I've, like for years I'm sitting when, every now and again I'll sit there and just think, I wonder what happened to Vickers. Will he <laughs> ever get? Will he ever get to be with Tanya, who, if you looked closely, is pregnant. Oh, on the back of her, the the mirror, there's a uh, sonograms on. So she was pregnant. Oh, I didn't clock that. So there we go. Uh, Chris, Chris no notices all this stuff. You, you know keep shit when you're a dad. You better this keep is, this uh, promise then and come back and help him. I think. Oh fuck. About <laughs> 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 it. Uh, that's the only thing I noticed. <laughs> if that's the final high point, we better go on to low points then. Um, I'll lead off because I've kind of pretty much hit my first low point, which is it's made out like it's a documentary. But then even before the documentary bit kind of ends, we still see scenes that we wouldn't see. Like, they film Christopher Johnson and his buddy making that, the the, the, the thing, the goo in the, the, yeah. the pot, the pod thing. We see that documentary style before the people even get there, and also they would be making this thing secretly in front of them. And then there's a scene with the wife and the father-in-law where he's like, He's he's dead. You shouldn't think about him. You can't see the body. And again, that sounds like it's a documentary, but then yeah. it pretty much stops after that and it turns into an action film. So there's a, a crossover bit where the first 40 minutes you've been watching is fake, a mockumentary as they call it, and then you don't realise it's turned into an action film. That was kind of a bit weird for me. I, d- I didn't enjoy that one uh, yeah. switching over. And I, like I said, I didn't enjoy the second half of the film as much as the first half. So do you think if it was all mockumentary they just used this hidden cameras that were dotted about, it would be better? Well, that's hard. It, it would have to be a very different film. But then the film that Andy recommended to me last year, that Spree film, which is all cameras in situ uh, around about taxis and buildings and all mm. that. I really liked that and I enjoyed the style of that. But because what District 9 is trying to do, it would be very hard. Because like, imagine the last third of the film would all just be security yeah. cameras. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you like, of explosions. <laughs> it'd have to be a bit more like Cloverfield, where it'd have to be another ah, character right. carrying a camera around the whole time filming it. Um, that makes sense. But yeah, it's just... It's, to me, it becomes a bit more average after the halfway point because it is just, oh, it's just a, just a blockbuster now. Mm. See, I thought uh, both my... first and second half were about 20 minutes too long each one. There, could... Yeah, the, it does drag on at the end. Like I feel like, oh, the film's about to end now and it's like, oh no, there's another 20 minutes yeah. to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my first one, it's uh, the scene where he's, is, Andy touched on the gore, but it's the scene where he starts to take his nails off and he's <laughs> biting them and pulls them off. Oh, Gives me the book every time, and then like his teeth just fall out. That's like my nightmare. 
Tony, yeah, cookie. The fingernail one's literally what I've got next as well as my second one, which is the first one coming off. I'm like, oh, and then I guess he's still a bit possessed by being a bit prawny, where he seems to actually want to rip the second one off. Like, if I take my first fingernail and it comes off in my hand, the last thing I'm doing is playing with any more of them. I'm like, right, I'm not touching this hand again. <laughs> I'm not like I watched the film and then I fell asleep and then. I had a nightmare that uh, my front tooth snapped off. Right. I, I woke up in panic, just like playing my teeth with my tongue, going, "Nope, nope, it's still there." Fucking hell! It freaks me out. I hate like I've got a thing about teeth. Not for you, Andy. What's your next one? <laughs> I'm too busy looking at Chris playing with his teeth. <laughs> uh, my other low point is probably going to be. I don't know. I'm not going to say star power in this film. But it's like when people, new characters come in, they're not introduced well. Yeah. And it's like, is he meant to be good? Is he meant to be bad? Am I meant to care about him? I do not know. All right. Yeah, it's like there's the, essentially, like the, I guess it's the main baddie is his father-in-law, really. He's the villain. Yeah. But then the guy who's hunting him towards the end with the gun, I was like, I know you're like a mercenary guy, but I don't know anything about you other than you're a bald exactly. guy with a gun. Whereas <laughs> if that was like Jason Statham, he's like, oh yeah, he's a badass. I know what he's. I know what he's doing. But this guy was just like, he seemed like he was just doing his job, but then doing it really well. But I just, an angry, an angry I, just, I just did not yeah. give a fuck about him. And yeah, quite a lot of the characters, yeah, other, other than the main dude, has a like hmm. I cared about the prawns uh, more. Yeah. Why well, speaking of villains, I've said like Vixie's father-in-law, like he was an absolute <laughs> prick. Like you, you touched there, like telling his daughter that um, she's not allowed to go and see her husband, who's only died minutes ago. Yeah. Like he's an absolute prick. It's like it's pro- as I say, it's along the lines of it's probably not it's for the best that you don't see him. It's literally yeah. all he says. That's like the reason you know you can't see him. It's probably for the best. I'm not gonna lie. If anybody that I knew had like multi-billion-pound weapon inside them, I'm selling them out like that as well. I'll become a bit of a end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the money and running. The uh, what, what matches this discussion that I've got on my notes is just shallow bad guys who are just. The main villain, like from the get go, you you kind of know he's given his son-in-law the promotion pretty much to get him killed, and it's like all he wants is like he's not good enough for my daughter, and then he just becomes full on. I am just going to do evil for the rest of the film, and everybody else is. I'm getting paid to just shoot people, and that's that's it. That's what the bad <laughs> yeah. guys. That that's their storyline is that side. Yeah, but one doctor did with the cattle prop. It seems like vindictive arsehole. Like, I'm just gonna keep jabbing him. It's like don't pull the trigger. No, you won't. <laughs> just keeps jabbing. <laughs> he was loving his job. Uh, well, yeah, definitely job satisfaction there. Uh, my next one is some. There, there are some scenes that are really weirdly dubbed, and I guess it might be that they changed the lines slightly. But there are some where they're actually saying the words, but they don't seem to match up right. And it, it was just it took me out of a couple of scenes where the audio just seemed to really go on it. Uh, what not... I noticed was when Vickers is strapped into the thing and he's getting cattle prodded and as you one of the doc the doctor walks away, he, he says something but his mouth doesn't move. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the first one I noticed. Yeah, there were I think there was there was definitely one involving the wife, who I might as well hit now, she was pretty horrific. She didn't have a lot to do. <laughs> but her acting was subpar compared to everyone else, and I believe she was in like one other film all in this and like She's this up there were gone girl. Uh <laughs> oh, fucking hell, that's harsh. But uh, yeah, her act, she was comfortably the worst. In, in a film where nobody is famous and nobody really had a huge career, she was easily the worst. Uh, and yeah, I think the one scene that she was done, they're like, right, we cannot put that in a film, get her in. <laughs> uh, 
seem to be it. Uh, any more low points? Uh, I've got my usual bit then. A couple of complaints I have towards the end. Or questions more. I still don't understand how nobody found the small ship. So they were aware that this massive ship landed and parked itself. itself. And then they go, oh, and then we noticed that a pod whatever had detached itself before it got here and it was never seen again. It's like, ah, did you try looking underneath it? <laughs> Seems to be Because <laughs> it was just in the ground. So this thing managed to go down and embed itself in the ground, <laughs> not far away from where the ship was, and nobody knew that. Like, oh, oh we never know where it was. So that's my first complaint that I'm like, I don't know how nobody, like, oh, it disappeared. Oh, we'll bother searching the area for it. And my other one was, I still need someone to clarify the chain of events that the prawns went through, which was, we don't actually know why they ever came to Earth. Nope. No. We don't know why they parked above the planet and then just stayed there. Yep. So if they'd come to Earth for a reason, they would have come out. Maybe they, they ran out of space gas. Well, that's kind of what we find out. Is all right, the ships ran out of fuel. And then what they find out, that we don't have fuel by never leaving the area that the ship's in. So they never <laughs> go looking for it. They move down to the ground, and then the guy spends 20 years getting together the tiniest little drip. Yep. <laughs> but he needs alien tech. I was like, well, you've got a giant thing <laughs> alien tech that you arrived on. You just and a ship underneath you. Yeah, you just could have taken it, and then the ship underneath you as well. And then he keeps saying, oh, we can't go back. Or at one point, we can't go back to where we came from. That's why they've come here. So, ah, I thought, right, they're refugees. They've had to leave the planet. And then the end, he just goes back. And I'll be back in three years. See you later. Uh, and bye, rest of my kind that are on this planet, the rest of my species. You can all just stay here. Me and my son are popping back to their <laughs> own planet. It's, like, no, it's a classic Christopher I... Johnson move. <laughs> I'll look after your kid, you know. That's the best dad moment. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit but yeah, I don't know if anyone's got any answers or nope. anything to do with it. That's exactly how the film is. <laughs> but yes, I feel like maybe the prawns aren't the smartest. Because uh, they did say, oh, I wonder if that was the leaders that left on the little pod. I was like, oh, maybe Christopher Johnson is the leader, but I don't know, I mean, he, he wasn't the brightest. He just seemed to be like the smartest chemist or something, I don't know. Exactly, yeah. Oh, wait, wait, I've got one more low point. Good. Could you just remind me? The ship. Why didn't the government use the SAM turret again? So they used it to shoot down the ship. Then the ship retakes off in a tractor beam. Why the fuck weren't they using the SAM turret? Because it quite clearly had another seven missiles on it. <laughs> watched it. Oh, look at that going up there. So, ah, I don't know attacking it. Why was it not when the big one starts moving? Why would not use it on the big one? Yeah, exactly. You, well, maybe they just wanted everybody away, but still. Why, why shoot it down in the first place? I mean, you say they want everybody away, which they do, but that massive ship that brought a million of them to the planet is leaving with two people on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're stuck now. There's another million of them still here. <laughs> right, we better move on before we get stuck. I have no idea how we're doing time-wise. Uh, point number four on the podcast is the stats. Uh, I have been keeping track of many for this particular one. Uh, Chris did hear a shit. There were four, uh, but I may have missed them. I was too busy counting how many F-bombs there were in the film. <laughs> I think it's a record for us for the amount of uh, fucks and its derivative we've had in the film. I counted 121. Yeah. Which is a lot. <laughs> the internet 
two odd number. One was 137, which might be a bit nearer because I might have missed a couple. Uh, internet also says there was 12 shits, so I may have missed a chunk of them. But and there was an actual shit. The number on the internet was 196 F-bombs that there were in this <laughs> film. Which, which is a lot, and that's like that's three every minute, I think. Or maybe maybe, a <laughs> wee bit, maybe two every minute, I don't know. Um, but at one, like, I mean, the last quarter of the film, every sentence anyone says has an yeah. F in it. And Especially it, him, because he starts going off the rails. Everything's fucking, fucking, and, and they're just, fucking they're just, they're just running around. It's like they breathe in, and when they breathe out, it's a fuck. I watch the film, I keep leaning over, I'm going to add two onto my couch. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of swears. Uh, the same sources tell me there were two C-bombs. Andy usually has an ear for this sort of thing. I didn't, I didn't see a C-bomb. Yeah, I didn't hear anything like nah. that. So uh, they might be made up, or maybe, I don't know if they were in South African, so I really couldn't hear it, I'm not sure. Uh, only the 12 explosions, uh, there weren't too much. They were kind of saved for big moments with explosions, and most alien deaths were also an explosion. Uh, mentioning deaths, there were 19 on screen, plus 50 eggs that all popped in the shack. <laughs> Popcorn. So, again, I don't want to be Andy's trigger warning here, I don't know if a, an unborn egg is, <laughs> is a, a life or not yet, but I'll, I'll leave that till later. <laughs> Uh, but also at one stage, uh, when the father-in-law complains at him about the first day on the job, he says there were too many deaths out there, but there were about three on screen, I think. So yeah. there was also another bunch of them that we didn't see happened. Was there a dead animal in the film? Oh, yeah, there's loads of dead cows, cows and stuff. Yeah, but like Ooh. normally it's like an animal death more than a dead animal, I would say. I mean, there yeah, was wasn't meat. there a pig they got chucked? Oh, there was there a was. pig. <laughs> Yes, pig. <laughs> I think it got chucked at a guy. So yeah, definitely a dead animal. Uh, and there were, uh, at one count, 2.5 million prawns with <laughs> a, a stat I picked up in the film. Yeah. Like one, one point something arrived and 2.5 got relocated to District 10. Uh, these aren't stats exactly, but yes, yeah, someone peed on camera in this film. There was a green prawn, a, a prawn peeing green at one point. And yes, a child was also kidnapped because they decided to fly the ship with a man's child still. Uh, it wouldn't be one of our movies without a child exactly. being involved at some point. A couple of podcast favourites had to make sure. Did they say the thing in this film? Did they say District 9? Yeah. Oh, yeah, loads of times. Uh, a minimum of 10 times. I remember it being 9, thinking it'd be funny if it was just 9 times they said District 9. <laughs> one more said it, and then I don't think it came up. There was a couple of on-screen graphics in District 9, but it's actual audible District 10. District 9 was 10. And how many Christopher Johnsons were said in the film? Oh, do you know what? I don't even count that. Uh, I'm just one film, one more. There's only two. The uh, first mention, uh. which must have been when everyone's head snapped around, and then later on they mentioned Christopher Johnson. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, a few Christophers, and he even dropped a Chris in there at one point as well. That's mm. when they uh, successfully got the stuff in the, the lab. But yeah, uh, only two full Christopher Johnsons. Chris, what stats have you tracked? Uh, well, I struggled for other stats here. So the only one I counted was the amount of cat food tins were actually eaten, <laughs> and there was only three actually. <laughs> um, not Christopher Johnson, the first prawn who yeah. doesn't say he puts a thing about it and just inhales it, and then Vickers. Taps some white he shit. He was enjoying his. Yeah, he yeah, and then the second him. one. But you see, there's loads of them like lobbed about, but you don't see them actually eating it. Actually eating them. Uh, Andy, uh, speaking of Vickers scoffing down his <laughs> is that your most pornographic screen? Or no. Got a different, different First of all, we've got to do an honorary shout out to the uh, he actually did shit himself. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I meant to put that on a high point. Oh, Ty White, there's a power. I need to. I think I'm just crap myself. So, I meant to mention that. Shout out for that because I stopped counting shits. 
<laughs> Perhaps that's just happened. Teeth coming out, but no, I don't know. Having shat myself on a surprise party for me, that got to be <laughs> But yeah, my favourite uh, pornographic moment was quite hard in this one. This was tough for porn in this one. However, <laughs> I did manage to find my porn moment in this. And it was literally the big lightning gun. That right. gun, when he fires it, and he just goes poof, and it's just like a. Ah, that was some porn right there. That's a uh, weapon yeah. I want. That's a, a little peek into Andy's <laughs> psyche there, I think. <laughs> uh, every time it goes off, oh, I, <laughs> I would. I would be exactly like that. Firing that thing, it would be fucking jizz worthy, that. <laughs> uh, well, you find you out instantly, just follow the tool of jizz everywhere. Uh, he's gone, he's gone this way, boys, let's get him. I'm sure it would sure stop exciting me after the first couple of shots, but... <laughs> oh, you'll be fucking dry, wouldn't you? <laughs> Moving on, I think. We'll leave that there. I want the point five is the, the new 10-point podcast <laughs> quiz. Uh, I've realised I forgot to come up with a pun-worthy name for the quiz, so we'll call it Disquiz 9, I think, will be this week's quiz. Uh, many of my answers have been mentioned already, and the others are very difficult, so this is going to be a very <laughs> polarising quiz. Uh, oh, who wants to go first? Does anyone want to go first? I'll go first because I'm shit. I went first last time, I think, so aye, on you go. I'll so go. Andy's first. Right, well, I'm not going to scoreboard up here. Right, first question for Andy. What year did the alien spaceship arrive? 1984. Two. Whoa. Whoa. Two. Uh, I'll give you, yeah, you changed your mind before you finished thing. So, yes, 1982 was the answer. I'm yeah, boy. Scoreboard, right. I've given that one, so I'll be lenient on Chris if he is a dodgy one. Uh, Chris, what does MNU stand for? Oh, fuck. Multinational Union? Oh, so close. Multinational United. Is what ah. So I, I could have been easy on you there, but you didn't get all three. Uh, Andy, what did the MNU require from the prawns on their eviction notices? A scroll scroll. Whatever they call yes. it. Scroll? scroll. I'll, I'll give you the accent differential, yes. The scroll. Scroll. Applause, but yes, they were saying it in their accents, so that's the correct answer. Chris, Vickers gets infected in a prawn's shack. What initially made him suspicious of that particular house? Uh, the computer stuff hanging from the... The walls, wasn't there? There was, but that's not what I was going to say. Weapons! Ah, not even that either. They were initially suspicious because there was a gang sign. Oh, gang sign. Gang sign. Ah, fuck. That's what initially drew him there. See, I thought weapons, but I was like, no, there's something more specific here. And he was (laughs) computer parts hanging on the wall. That was once he was inside. Initially, it was the the gang thing. Uh, It's uh, five each again here, by the way. So uh, Andy's got two and Chris has got none. Uh, Andy, next question. What is Vickis' wife called? Shit. It has been mentioned on the podcast. Sarah. No, Tanya. unfortunately. Tanya, as Chris says. He's Tanya. Aware of that one. Well, I've given you a point for that, but you got it wrong. Uh, still 2 0. Chris, oh, to, get, to get one back. What food are the prawns extremely fond of? Oh, cat food. Cat food, yes. So Damn there are it. some easy questions in here. It's not all impossible. Uh, Andy, in the MNU van, an announcement can be heard reminding us when dealing with aliens, try to be polite but firm. Remember, a blank is cheaper than a bullet. What is cheaper than a bullet in this particular announcement? Ball tickles. <laughs> smile. That'll give a you smile. a smile. Ah, smile. smile. God damn it. Smile. Uh, right, Chris, to tie it up. What does, the news report say, what does the news report say caused Vickers to become highly contagious? 
uh, having sexual relations with a prawn. Exactly. Prolonged sexual activity with aliens inside District 9. That means it's 2-2. Two, two. You've got a question each to go. Andy, how many moons does the prawn's home planet have? Six. Oh, seven. so close it was seven. Damn it! Uh, oh, see, I would have had this if I had his questions. Oh, that's always the way, isn't it? Uh, Chris, to win it, if you get this right, you win it. Why does the Nigerian gang's boss want Vickers' arm? Oh, so he can use the weapons. Can you be more specific? Well, he, he wants to eat the arm, so right, it the blood that's and stuff. Correct, I've got so that he can't eat it. So, Chris, in a comeback, it was 2-0, you won 3-2 in the end. Cheating uh, bastard. the victor. Uh, my tiebreaker this time was what is the code for the biolab door at the MNU? Five <laughs> six six Chris? four. <laughs> the answer was four two two five three six nine. That was uh. the code. <laughs> I'm not sure how to scored it, but that was what the tiebreaker question was. So a win for Chris. Uh, I can't remember who won last week. Was it Chris again? I think it was Chris. So Chris maybe. Uh, was... in the tiebreaker I got closest to the number of whatever it was. Right. Yes, it was the four. <laughs> there we go that's a quick and easy one there let's move on to point number six movies within movies uh, I keep track of parodies references etc not the easiest one for me to be honest uh, I've got The Fly Ghost Encounters of the Third Kind and then I had Elysium and Edge of Tomorrow but I realised Elysium mm. afterwards is their actual film <laughs> so I'm going to go Elysium uh, another thing I track things that are never not good something that you find in a film that is never not good when you find it the South African accent that is yes that you find in the film. even Blood Diamond which I do not enjoy the South African accent is, is amazing in that uh, over to Chris uh, uh, for the movies you're going to prove me wrong like you always do but I'm almost certain there's absolutely nobody that's been uh, seen before confirmed I could not I could go all the way down like I do sometimes but this time nah uh, nobody okay good <laughs> and as for Putting us into movies, well, uh, it's fairly obvious who Christopher Johnson is. <laughs> uh, as for you and Andy, I put Andy as the, the military guy. I think he's called Corbis. The, the main military guy. Uh, the bald, the bald oh, guy. guy. He's got anger yeah, problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I see Bruce as Vickers. I've got me as Vickers too, but I mean Andy, Andy the Nigerian kind of gangster guy. I totally view the business. By his gang. Strangely, somebody who's just like sitting there and doesn't move. That's the one you want to That's be That's the worst. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to move. <laughs> hey, Andy, what have you got for movies and movies? Right. So, what I'm going to do is take whatever he's called. I keep forgetting how to pronounce his actual name. Vickers. Main dude. Aye, Vickers. Come on, Vickers. Which we, t- we take him out and we drop in his character from uh, the A Team. <laughs> as soon as you mentioned him, I was like, it's going to be Howlin' Mad Murdock. Because it'd be hilarious. It'd be kind of more of the same, but a bit more crazy and wacky. And I think he'd get on with the pond a lot more. I think he'd be blowing up more, I think. Yeah, uh, and at least he could fly a plane. So you should take out Christopher Johnson and put me in it and die instantly <laughs> <laughs> none of this would ever happen there'd be no little cylinder getting made and Vickers won't be going off the rails turning into a prawn you'd just be like oh sure District 10 yeah I'll head over there now so, <laughs> <laughs> that looks alright oh, I'll leave that sorry. camp I'm not to be too angry yeah, I'm sorry 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 please don't hurt me uh, right, we'll stick with Andy for point number 7 it's Andy's trigger warning warning to everybody Andy's trigger warning is happening now Right, I've got a couple, couple of quick fire ones here that I just to uh, get off. So the first one, I know a fair few South Africans. Okay, mm-hmm. not one of them is a nice person, and they're all a bit of a bell end. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
okay. so, I just want to know, is there actually, actually there, there is one, it's, he's kind of okay, and it's the guy that kind of works in the local hotel, he's he's alright, but still, he can be a bit of a bellend. I just, I don't know if it's just a South African thing, but they all seem ah. to come off as bellends. I'm not sure if I... I, I have to agree with you, actually. Yeah. The guy that's cinema, local cinema, he's, he's a bellend. He always asks, to, when you've got popcorn and a drink, he always wants to see your Cineworld card. He's the only cut <laughs> to do it. He's a little annoying South African accent. He's every time. I don't know if it's the accent that makes him come across as a bit of a dick. Because I like the accent, but they do come across it's so aggressive. aggressive accent. Yeah. yeah. I think it's sort of real nice, but it sounds aggressive. Yeah. And then, I mean, so I, I do have sorry one that jumps out uh, just uh, for, for the sake of finding a nice South African. I'm pretty sure Nelson Mandela is South African. I think that's that, that's probably the Charles case. Okay. Ron, I'm sure she's South African as well. Oh, well yeah, but I don't know. She seems like she's quite angry. I yeah, know, I'll so change Nelson it. Nelson. A white South African. There's not a nice white South African. Right. Okay, that's the difference. Okay. <laughs> uh, other other quick fire one. Bestiality is ever ever okay? No, I don't think it is. <laughs> but our bonds animals, that's the thing, because they're as much a person as we are. So. Well, I'm, I'm not condoning this, but everybody wants to make it with a mermaid, and they're technically a beast, don't they? Exactly. So this is weird. It's just Like, Prawn, Bruce is right. He's like, they are technically humanoid, and they are intelligent. So if they consent, is it okay? <laughs> I would say so. No, like, we can I wouldn't do it, like, we can communicate with them better than we can animals because they seem to actually have a yeah, but would you want talk. something stuck in or out of I don't know, I think no, I don't. Also, I'm not <laughs> sure, like, is there a there's, there's one prawn that has a brow and the one peeing <laughs> against the fence, but there's too many kind of dissociation between male and female. Like, I'm not sure, no, that's necessarily a woman prawn, that's a man prawn, so mm. yeah, uh, it's all right, we'll go, we'll go with no, that's okay, and then. Basically, my last one is, we've got to touch on it, is this film always just hits home with me because I knew about the true story this is based on before I'd watched this film. Right. And it's a hard watch when you know like actually what this film is actually really getting into, which is a bunch of white folk kicking a bunch of black folk out and making a white-only zone. Yeah, exactly. And it makes this film a hard thing. So my kind of question is... Should we have like our own ethnic zones? Should we go back to Britain is just all white folks? Oh, the Irish stay over there. Like, would it make the world no. a better place? <laughs> no, we shouldn't do that. No. So then why is um, everybody moaning on the news about all these immigrants coming over? Well, it's, yeah, exactly. Is it blaming the RLNI and all that? Is that R? Yeah. But the lifeboats, whatever you call it, blaming them for it. Now, where I thought you were going to go with that was that, like, should the prawns be allowed to just come down and mix, or should we force them in terms of... Like, I think we could keep it in the, the universe of the film. <laughs> nope. Okay. Obviously, I think all three of us are in favour of people can do whatever they like. I don't want to speak for everybody, but... Um, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, like, essentially, it's asylum seekers here. Like These people arrive from another planet, and then do they want to come and live down here, and do we just let them live down here? I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just a hard, it's a hard point, because, like... This, like they're dicking around and they're basically like doing what happened like the 1960s in South Africa, and it's like this is what this film is. And I just you imagine doing that now. Like I know Donald Trump tried to do it. And it's like <laughs> build a wall and all that. Yeah, build a wall. It's like he's an idiot. I think there I should mean, be. <laughs> Go on. In, in defense of them, most of the prawns are 
pricks in this film. Are yeah. Like, well, I was going to say, like, before Vickers gets to that cylinder, I, well, Christopher Johnston, Johnston says, <laughs> I, I, our I plan is, I know, I'm going to start just saying I, uh, I say <laughs> that our plan is nearly complete. Was his plan to do something bad or was it just to get the prawns back up to the ship? I would think it would just be to do what he did, essentially, yeah. But it does seem like everybody else is a complete dick that they're running into. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so basically, if you're complete dicks, you can segregate them. That's what we're going with. Yeah. <laughs> Arsenal's out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, we better move on to our nominations for the Pointy Awards. Point number eight, what we thought were good things, bad things, and all the different awards for the end of the season. Uh, I don't have a hell of a lot, so I'll run through what I have here. Uh, I'm definitely going Charlton Copley for Best Actor. I thought he was yep. amazing. Uh, and to do it out of nowhere is pretty impressive. Best costume I've got, the, him with his one prawn hand, because that looked like the most actual, I don't know, physical kind of prosthetic that they had in the film. But him having the one hand, it looked very, very alien. Worst special effects is definitely that scene that Andy's <laughs> talking about with the alien weapon suit thing. It just yeah. looked like it would they just put like a, I don't know, like a, a still of it across the screen. Mm. The best death I've gone for the Nigerian gang boss. Yeah, so have I. Shoots like a giant bullet into his head or a canister. It explodes his head. It's definitely the best way to go. Worst acting, uh, the, I've got the wife. I didn't actually look up the actress's <laughs> name, but at some point, I uh, reminded of myself in the future to look up her name. She was dreadful. Best special effects, the ships. Uh, both the big one and the big one. Worst villains, I've gone for every villain because they're all pretty shallow and not particularly interesting. I've got worst father figure as Christopher Johnson because I think... How fucking dare you? <laughs> he treats poor little Sam Johnson quite badly at times. He does. Sam's doing you all the work. To, like, change the change the little prawn baby's name here because I'm going to get fucking police knocking at my door here who actually listen to this podcast. <laughs> But yeah, I think it doesn't treat him in the best of ways. I and think. he takes sweeties from strangers. <laughs> yes, he does. He's not been told not to do that. Well, that he doesn't. He just lobs it right back in <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think he's a bad father figure. Chris feels like he's going to go a different direction, so we'll wait for his nominations. There has to be a best line in there, so I'm taking nominations from you guys. But I've just got Fook written down. <laughs> but it has to be one of his outbursts must be the best. And the worst plan, whatever the aliens were doing from the absolute get-go is the worst plan. I don't know what they were doing. Uh, but Chris, why don't you give us yours? All right. Well, I agree with your best actor. I agree with your best death. Um, I disagree with the best, the, the worst dad thing. Christopher Johnson is the best dad. He looks after <laughs> that wee boy. Okay, he says he's about as a lookout, but that's what you do with your kids. You send them out to play. Yes, I'm and quiet. We talk about there being loads of little kids and he complains, but you only ever see him. He's the only child mm-hmm. one you ever see. But, uh, and yeah. like he's he's shown the man how to he's shown the wee boy how to do stuff. That's the best dad you can get. <laughs> Teaching the boy, and then he obviously saves him, takes him up to the mothership, so he saves him. How how can he be such a bad dad? Okay, fair fair play, Christopher. <laughs> good dad. Let the record show. And a good dad. <laughs> um, I worst plan: spraying some alien shit in your face. Uh, that didn't work out well for anybody. <laughs> and best line Corbis calling Vickers Dickus <laughs> and just remind you of that Monty, Monty Python thing Vickers Dickus Vickers Dickus yeah <laughs> uh, I can't there's probably something else but that's the only I can think of hey, what about you Andy right, I'm going for worst father figure Christopher Johnson hey <laughs> much for the same reasons as Bruce uh, plus he he just kind of fucked off and left everybody he's what a belly move 
It's like, I've got yeah, to well, get back. He wasn't father to all them, though. Oh, but he seems like he's the leader, doesn't he? He is the leader, and he's like, I'll be back yeah. in three years, with his fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck off, is he coming back? 13 years later, he's still not back. Uh, <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> worst plan is uh, Vickis and Christopher Johnson breaking in, but not having an exit strategy. Yeah, I'll come back. Yeah, I did say. <laughs> so yeah, that that was uh, definitely worst plan. Um, biggest bell end award is the his stepdad. He's oh, definitely the biggest bell end. Uh, and I had another one. What was my other one? Uh, what the fuck is it? What was your categories again? Uh, what's it oh, best one, death, best death. I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Yeah. Best death is the uh, gravity pig gun that the pig gets flying at the mercenary and the mercenary and the oh, pig will die. Yeah. That's, what, that's my best <laughs> death. That. Yeah, so it's that gravity gun either way because that's yeah. essentially what he kills the Nigerian gang with as well. Lots of nominations there. Lots to cover. Uh, on the point nine, moral of the story, what we thought the lessons uh, to be learned from the film District 9 where... Uh, why don't we start with Andy this time? What's your moral of the story? Uh, Tony Cafford. <laughs> Solid. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll follow mine up. Mine's quite a similar direction. Uh, South Africans swear a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, a lot. That's not limited to South Africans, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, mine's just don't touch something that doesn't belong to you. Again, yeah, that's what I was like. Because we had Alien last season. I feel like, why are people just so determined to poke around things that are like aliens? Stop. Stay away from it. You're just causing trouble. Can I just bring up a point? Uh, I, know, I know people can't see us this week. Mm. However, you're sure every time you bend a right way, it just says cunts. <laughs> I, does it? Uh, well, I, it says quint. I know, uh, but you, every time you turn it a certain direction or just cover enough, it just says cunts. I'm not doing it intentionally. So it's not. It's me off this entire episode. Squeeze these moves right. together. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll come back to that in a little bit, actually, now that you brought it up. On to point 10, the 10 point rating, uh, where we rate the movie out of 10. Because we have one of us that selected it, I can start with them. So, Chris, you picked it. Why don't you go first? Um, yeah, I think it's a, a great film. It's a, a twist on the, the aliens visiting the Earth kind of movie trope. Like, it's got a bit of a dark humour to it as well. Um, it's got a great, does a great job of making you care for someone that you kind of dislike at the start, but um, you kind of feel for them towards the end. And the CGI, apart from a couple of little bits, is top notch. Like so, um, I'm giving it an eight. Oof, an eight from Christopher Johnson. Uh, I'll go next. Plus, I'm in the movie as well. And <laughs> you are in the movie, yeah. Genuinely, <laughs> I could get an extra point from me because the the main <laughs> Johnson makes a good. As you mentioned in passing, it's a good film for making you think someone is a baddie and turning out they're mm. a goodie. Like it, a lot of films use that same style, but I quite like this option. Um, I really like the first half of the film, as I said earlier. It, there's a split where I don't like the second half quite as much. So it really, it kind of sort of should be like a 5 out of 10 for me, because it just about splits smack dab down the middle. But yeah, there's elements to the second half that I still like as well, like Christopher Johnson, and it's an actual pretty good film, and then you cannot go without mentioning the, the CGI's. Uh, CGI's mm. perfect. So I'm um, I like it, but I, I, I limit myself and I'll say a 6 out of 10 is what I'm going uh, for District 9. Andy? Right, pretty much the same as you, but I'm going to add points and take points away for various reasons. Okay. So it definitely gets a point because Christopher Johnson in it. That's, that's, that's funny. Yeah, that's one. Um, so that, that gets a point. <laughs> but then it automatically loses it two takes points. takes away because there's a Christopher Johnson in it. <laughs> no, no, it loses two points on my score because 
if this film didn't exist, I might have a good Halo film. Ah, yeah. So thinking what could have been and seeing bits of Halo in this film, I was just like, ah, so close yet, so far. So it only gets a five for me. Five from Andy. Uh, quick math says, I think the official score is a six uh, at first look of all that. I believe, yeah, it does. It gets a six out of ten, which is a wee bit below what Chris gave it. Uh, I feel like Chris liked it way better than average there, but I like that. It's his namesake's film. Uh, on to oh, uh, themes. Any guess of what he's going for, Andy? Like it was our names, which we, you yeah. guessed immediately before seeing it. Is it does this yeah, one still fit into your new theme? That are coming up with uh, your names in it. All right. right. Does this still fit into your other theme? There is another one. Sorry. Does this still uh, fit into your other themes? Hmm. Does this still fit into your other theme? Yeah. 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 All right. Any guesses? Accents. No. Oh, that would have been a good one, though. <laughs> I guess funny accent. So I don't know what it was. Uh, father and father and son teams, maybe. I don't know. Again, that would have been a good one. That's <laughs> uh, me. Uh, okay. Next week. Then my team's going to be shit. <laughs> I, I know Andy did hit it last season. There's a transformations. Something no. like that. Right, okay. Any other guesses, Andy? Nah, I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to spunk my load too early. Oh, it's uh, the first one again, then I'm fucked. Oh, you guessed it before his first film, and then after his first film. Again, okay, I, I should put this one at the end, so it wasn't as obvious, but because the film <laughs> that I wanted to do didn't have that theme, I had to move it about. Uh, yeah. Okay, on to the next episode then, which is my first selection of season. Uh, and I've got a theme coming too. Uh, hopefully you can't guess it from the, the first first film I'll pick out. Uh, I am going to the oldest film that we've ever done. Ah, oh, fuck off. Uh, it's going to be shite. <laughs> it's an adventure film. Uh, I, think, I think it's a thriller next to it. Uh, it is actually the film that my t-shirt is inspired by that Andy mentioned. So we're going to 1975 for the movie... You may have heard of it. It's called Jaws. It's got uh, a- are you fucking joking? Oh, that was one of my picks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to figure something else oh, out. I, I mentioned to Chris before the podcast that my first film also had one of our names in it, as in the shark is called Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. That's <laughs> so, the reason I picked that film. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so yeah, this happened last season to me and Andy. We were both picked the same film. Uh, ah, fuck. It's <laughs> fucked him right up. Uh, yeah, so oh, you have. This is not my next pick, but it's going to be the pick after. <laughs> Uh, I felt like it would be a good summertime film uh, to have when I decided to pick it. Uh, of course, the summertime essentially ended uh, last week for us here. Uh, hopefully the sun comes out uh, and we can enjoy Jaws in the next seven days. Any further reactions to this episode? Oh, or there was, there was, the beach got shot yesterday because there was a big fucking shark. Um, yeah. yeah. There we go. It's on the news. They've eaten, did they? No. <laughs> Fortunately not. Controversial pick. <laughs> Uh, okay then, uh, I believe Jaws is on Netflix in the UK certainly for those mm. who are listening, so look out for it there. Uh, I'll do it for this week then. So you have seven days to watch Jaws, be it on Netflix or otherwise, and we'll catch you in a week's time on the 10 Point Podcast. <laughs>